Please listen carefully. As we're battered by an endless stream of distractions and demands from our digital devices, it's increasingly rare to find yourself focusing on just one thing. Multitasking can feel like the quintessential condition of modern life. So, what makes some people the supreme multitasking jugglers? I'm Sue Mathias, editor of the FT Weekend magazine, speaking to the economist and FT columnist Tim Harford. Tim has written about multitasking in this week's magazine, the science of it, the myths, and he gives his own tips for how to do it effectively. Hello, Tim. Hello. So, Tim, my first question is, are you multitasking as we speak? I am not, uh, because, of course, I cannot bring a cell phone into a radio studio because it interferes with the equipment. Um, so I'm I'm spared the temptation. But normally I think I would be tempted, but we're often tempted the moment that there's a, a pause, we, we start twitching and we start reaching for the phone in our pockets, the, the sense that we're wasting time, we could be doing something. And I'm, I'm very subject to that temptation. If you watch a colleague in a meeting, trying to participate in the meeting and also trying to answer emails, you realise that brilliant people are, are reduced to imbecility because it, it is actually almost impossible to try to talk while also typing. But I think the important thing is we feel powerfully that we can do it. We keep fooling ourselves. Tim, what do we actually mean by multitasking? Where did the word come from and, and when? The word was originally coined by IBM to talk about uh, computer processes, so a computer that can handle uh, more than one job at a time. Uh, computers do this by switching very, very rapidly between different tasks, so many times a second. Um, it didn't become used to describe what humans do until the late 1990s, and, and I suspect that that is actually the time that Computers also became very, very widely used as, as business tools. And what do we mean by multitasking now in, in modern life? We mean all kinds of things. This is part of the problem. So one thing we mean is genuinely doing two things at once. So Lyndon Johnson's famous insult, farting and chewing gum at the same time. And that's possible if you're very familiar with the tasks. But then you have to start consciously thinking. So instead what you're doing and this is the second concept, is task switching, rapid task switching. So you are doing social media, you're doing email, you're also writing a document, and then you switch back between the email and Facebook and the document and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. You're not really doing two things at once. Uh, you're alternating between them. Now, a third thing is, and it's, this is very easy with modern technology, is not multitasking at all. It's just getting distracted. So you're, you're working and then you just start looking at bikini pictures or whatever it is that you do, Sue. I don't know whether it's bikini pictures for you or something else. Now, people talk about that in the context of a conversation about multitasking, but it's not multitasking. It is simply giving in to guilty pleasures. And then there's a fourth thing, and that is simply the condition of having a lot to do. So you've just got this packed to-do list, all of these things on your mind, anything from the laundry to preparing for a job interview to some short-term project that you've got to address. They're all floating around. They're all on your to-do list or all in your head. And juggling those commitments is also something we could describe using the word multitasking. I, I think for many of us, it's the task switching and feeling of just having a lot to do that's the problem. You feel completely overwhelmed by it. There's one aspect that interests me, though. In the past, emphasis was put on the ability to focus. So in other words, to concentrate on one goal and one task in hand. And that was associated with being effective. I mean, clearly there are truths on both sides. Sometimes you need to focus. Sometimes multitasking is perfectly appropriate. I think 
one of the messages of the piece is that we are not very mindful of when focus is appropriate and when multitasking is appropriate. We don't consciously decide often enough to be online, for example, or to take ourselves off the grid and to focus. And and until we make those decisions more thoughtfully, I think we're not going to be very productive. And there, and there is a backlash, of course. So now there, there are these refuseniks and Luddites who, who are saying, oh, we, we're back to focusing. There was a very successful Kickstarter campaign to launch a kind of glorified typewriter called the Hemingwright. And the, the Hemingwright would back up your writing to the cloud. But other than that, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't email, you couldn't go onto Facebook. And the idea is that really Facebook is the only thing that stands between you and literary greatness, which is, I think, a bit of a fantasy. Can you tell us a little bit about what the science says um, about focus versus multitasking? Yes. And the research is on both sides. Um, But I mean, it's pretty straightforward that it is very distracting to literally try to do two things at once. So, for example, David Strayer, a psychologist, has done lots of work on uh, distracted driving. And he has this famous conclusion that you're about as dangerous talking on a mobile phone while driving as you are drunk driving. What's less widely reported is that it doesn't matter whether you're using a hands-free device or not. So what Strayer's really saying is, this is not about the fact that you've only got two hands. This is about the fact that you've only got one brain. You are distracted by your conversation. That makes you a bad driver. People are not very conscious of their ability to multitask. They try to do two things at once. They have this powerful sense that they are doing it, but then they can't remember what they've been doing. And they have no sort of consciousness of of just how much the multitasking is, is affecting them. In your magazine piece, you do explain, though, that that other research is now showing that doing more than one thing at a time can actually have benefits. Yes. So it all depends what you mean by at a time. So having multiple projects on the boil turns out to be a very common pattern of highly productive, highly creative people. There's a wonderful study by a psychologist called uh, Bernice Edison who studied the activity of mid-career scientists. She followed them for 40 years. The ones who ended up winning Nobel Prizes and producing important, influential work decade after decade after decade, they were multitaskers. They were multitaskers in the sense that they would switch from one topic to another topic to another topic to another topic. Uh, And several other studies have found this. Darwin, multitasker in that respect. Einstein, his year of miracles, where he published four papers, each of which could have won a Nobel Prize. That was just one year. Those four papers were on very different subjects. So while you probably shouldn't be on Facebook while trying to develop the theory of relativity it probably is very helpful to have multiple creative projects going on at once. And so then the question becomes, how do you manage that without going crazy? And what's the answer? How, how do you avoid being overwhelmed? The answer is actually a really simple and very old idea, which is that you should write it all down. You should write it down on a to-do list. But it, it's probably worth expanding on that a little bit. So it turns out that if you write stuff down, you're externalising some of your anxiety so that you know the to-do list can take some of the mental strain and you don't have these constant little subconscious messages popping up and going you've you know, you've got to do the laundry remember you promised to answer that email remember you're supposed to be working on that presentation once it's all written down somewhere where you can trust 
you're not constantly bothered by these reminders and you're better able to focus despite the fact that you have these multiple commitments. So can you describe the to-do list, the ideal to-do list? Because mine is usually four things scribbled down on a piece of paper. Four things scribbled down on a piece of paper. It's amazing how much better that can make you feel. Um, I spoke to David Allen, who is the author of quite a famous nerd productivity book called Getting Things Done. And he's explored these ideas at some length. The David Allen method of using a to-do list, though, is that it it really has to have everything. A, a, a full kind of getting things done to-do list probably has 150 items on it, something like that, between 100 and 200. If you really think about all of the commitments you've made to yourself, oh, one of these days I'm going to learn Spanish, oh, I must book a holiday next year, you put them all down on the to-do list and you you have to do two other things. So one is to to put them in the right context. So if the item is relevant to a particular day, well, that's got to pop up on your calendar on that day to remind you on that day. If the item is relevant to a particular context, so next time I'm walking down Oxford Street or the next time I'm at the supermarket or the next time I see my boss, this you can all handle with all kinds of electronic to-do lists. You can file them by context as well as by project. So that's important. And the second thing that's important is every week, set aside 20 minutes, half an hour, maybe on a Sunday evening, whatever suits you. And you've got to go through the to-do list and cross off all the stale stuff and make sure it's fresh. Because if you don't do that, you don't trust the to-do list. And if you don't trust the to-do list, it doesn't actually provide you with this psychological relief, which it could do. Well, now, Tim, you are the multitasking master. Uh, And so I'd like to ask you, are, are you applying this in your own life? I am. I am a fan of David Allen's ideas and and I use them. So I have a to-do list which has about, well, last time I counted, I had 151 items on it, which is which was, just to be clear on the kind of thing, so about 10 of them were really long-term stuff like, oh, at one stage, I, I'd, I'd love to do a course on this. About 50 were ideas for columns. So I have to write a column for you every week, Sue, your slave driver. So I have 50 ideas for columns. Oh, you talk to this person, read this article. And of course, I'm never going to do all of those 50. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's written down. And so I'm no longer constantly trying to remember all those column ideas. And another 100 are anything from, you know, polish your shoes to get a haircut to, you know, could, could really could be anything. Um, and that works for me. But it really does only work if you are regularly reviewing that to-do list. Otherwise, you, you, you don't trust it. And if you don't trust it, it doesn't help. Tim, that is amazing. Daunting, but amazing. Thank you very much. I'm Sue Mathias, editor of FT Weekend magazine in London with Tim Harford. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.